Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. All right, welcome everybody. What's going on? This is Fantasy Baseball Today here on Monday, April 29th. Another week in the books. Hope you were successful this week in fantasy baseball. We're going to talk about everything you need to know. Haters to add, pitchers to add. Heath Cummings and Scott Wider here. I'm Adam Azer. And we got uh, hopefully some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Happy Monday, guys. Scott White, how was your weekend? The weekend was terrific. I uh, I took Friday off, not for this reason, but it it made it possible for me to go see the Avengers on Friday. And uh, while I struggled to make it through the three hours without visiting the lavatory... I pulled it out. I managed to pull oh, it out God. because that last hour was so magical that I forgot all about it. I you forgot can't... that I had to pee. You yeah, think you that can. was, was you think that was the right word choice there, Scott? Come on now. Yeah. Uh, you caught that, right, Heath? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, it was I, actually. I definitely caught that. <laughs> what did I do? You said you you said you had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and then your way of saying that you yeah. didn't go to the bathroom was you said you pulled it out. What are you thinking here, Scott oh. White? This is a family what is friendly <laughs> show. The thing I don't understand, because I've seen a lot of people talk about this, like, I, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to make it without going to the bathroom for three hours. Uh, right. Do, well, do people go to the bathroom every three hours? <laughs> when the pressure is high not to go to the bathroom, it makes you want to go more. <laughs> what? You yeah, were, it's I, like a purpose. I, I am thing. never taking a road trip with you. <laughs> <laughs> At least don't watch well, uh, the Avengers if Usually. you are. All right, guys. Uh, enough bathroom talk here, Heath. Um, I just want to say you're a huge front runner with your Celtics jersey on today. I I have I have been a Celtics fan for over 30 years. Uh, I'm not a front runner at all. Is that I, I think that is true, actually. Of course, 30 years ago they were awesome. So yeah, you're a front runner. But um, one hitter to add, one pitcher to add. I'll throw it to you first, Heath. Give me a hitter to add. Um. I don't know this guy's ownership, but he I did add him over the weekend. I, I made a couple ads. Brandon Lau, I assume, is not available to hardly anyone, but I was able to pick him up. And then Christian Walker was the other one. I'm just about all in. I even picked him up in a 12-team points league this week. He's just absolutely on fire. Only has five games this week, but three of them are at course, so that's like seven games for anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I think, they're Scott, you would know, but... Um... Got to be a number of teams with only five games this week. Light schedule on Monday yeah, and Thursday. There's 11. 11 oh. teams with only five games. So right, you're going to be starting some players with five games. For and sure. that's why if you have only one-star pitchers in your lineup, you might be okay. It's just kind of one of those weeks. Uh, so Brandon Lau and Christian Walker. Walker's 80% owned. Uh, Lau is probably higher than that. Make sure they're owned. Scott, how about you? One hitter to add. So Carter Kiboom homered a couple times this weekend and started all three games for the Nationals and is shortstop eligible. I don't know that he's must-add everywhere. Those head-to-head lineups being so small, you don't necessarily have to add him there. Um, but I made sure he was owned in all my Roto leagues, including the 215-team leagues I'm in. Uh, they just have weekly fab. And so I put in some big bids on him, some, you know, $1,000 budget over $100 for Carter Kiboom. All right, yeah, and Kiboom, so he is off to a great start, 250 with two home runs, only one walk to five strikeouts, and he is the most added player in CBS Sports Leagues. I, I think, you know what, why don't we just look at the the rookies, okay? Um, three of them in particular, Carter Kiboom, Michael Chavis Chavis, uh, he's 35% owned. He's, I, he's off to a better start than Kiboom. He's played more games. He's played eight games, but six walks, seven strikeouts, batting 250 with three home runs, five runs, one steal and two attempts, and a double. So Michael Chavis actually off to an excellent start for the Red Sox. Meanwhile, Rafael Devers is off to a bad start, and Devers has made eight errors already. So you've got second baseman on the mend. Nunez starting a, a rehab game, a rehab assignment today. Pedroia later this week, but, they need to win. I mean, I think they're 11 and 17. 
So you've got Chavis, you've got Keyboom, who it sounds like they act, they do want to give him. I, I think there's a path for him continuing to play when Trey Turner comes back if he plays his way into it. And then I probably last here, but Kelvin Gutierrez at one percent owned uh, for the Royals. He's up. He's three for seven with a walk and two strikeouts. Um, well, who would you guys prioritize, Keyboom or Chavis? I think I'd rather have Chavis just because second base is so much worse. Like, it's really hard for me, if you told me Carter Kaboom was up for the rest of the season, to get him into my top 15 shortstop. There's well, a it much might... easier path to a top 15 second baseman. The problem with Chavis is, unless he replaces Devers at third, we're talking about a matter of days for him, as opposed to a matter of weeks. Well, Probably. Why, why I mean, maybe can't... they just don't care about getting Dustin Pedroia yeah. back in the lineup it, anymore. Exactly. But he's rehabbing. Exactly. Why, why can't they just, you know, like I, I think I said this on Friday, a little bit of second base. Devers sits against a lefty maybe. It was bad, be obviously bad for Devers. A little I, bit of third base, I, a little bit of DH. Who knows? Yeah, I think it's less clear over the next two weeks, but it's easier for me to believe that Chavis could have a job the rest of the year than it is Kaboom. But if Kaboom has a job I, the rest of the year, it's probably going to be at second base, right? Right. At some point. Right. So. I mean, it, it depends on how he and, and Dozier perform going forward. Uh, I don't think Howie Kendrick would just become the, the outright starter at second base if Kaboom's playing well and Dozier isn't. Yeah. Uh, but probably I, but I'd Kendrick be more worried about review. Dozier and Kendrick than I would Pedroia and Nunez. Yeah. Pedroia, you know, he's such a legacy. All right, so those guys, again, Keyboom is 62% owned, Chavis 35% owned. And then, Heath, what do you think about Kelvin Gutierrez? I don't really know much of anything about Kelvin Gutierrez. Like, nothing. Okay. <laughs> he must not be such a big deal, but if you're in an AL-only like, league... Scott, Scott, do you? Uh, I don't remember being particularly impressed when I was looking at the minor league numbers. God, he's a royal. So, uh, <laughs> am I getting his name wrong? No, career that's 740 that's his OPS. Name. Uh, 740 OPS. Okay, we'll we'll take a pass on that. Yeah. Um, how about a pitcher to add? Uh, I got a few names here, sort of a different levels of ownership. But Scott, if there's one pitcher that needs to be added right now, I think I know who you're gonna say. Begins with a R and ends with an Analdo Lopez, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I didn't pick him up everywhere, but he was highly available, and that was an impressive start yesterday, striking 14, striking out 14 against the Tigers. Uh, so you have to you have to factor that in. 24 swinging strikes, 17 of them were on the fastball, which is an unusual ratio when you're talking swinging strikes. He did say he's um, pitching the fastball up in the zone anymore. I didn't get I didn't get a spin rate reading on that. Uh, but usually when they're talking about pitching high with the fastball, it's a, it's a high spin rate fastball, which would be a good one that's good at getting swing strikes. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's Ronaldo Lopez or not. If the 14 strikeout game was in isolation, I probably wouldn't be that interested in picking him up, given that he still has an ERA over seven on the year and uh, wasn't very good last year. But this was his third good start in a row. Um. So yeah, I did pick him up in leagues where like more than 300 players were were rostered, and we'll see where it goes. Let's be fair to Reynaldo Lopez. His ERA is only 6.03. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, his first three starts were terrible. His Over- last his last three starts have been 18 innings, three earned runs, and those starts have come against the Royals and I think twice against the Tigers. He gets Boston this week. So I I mean I don't want to set up Scott to make it sound like he's all in on Reynaldo Lopez. He clearly said he isn't. But that was one pitcher who jumped out. It wasn't for me, guys. It wasn't the most active week of adding and dropping. Uh, Heath, any pitchers that stood out to you? I actually added more hitters this week than pitchers, which is rare. I feel like um, Bassett. I think Chris Bassett has to be the guy that we talk about a little bit here. He's made two starts so far this season against the Rangers and the Blue Jays. Twelve innings, sixteen strikeouts, one earned run. Made it through seven innings against the Blue Jays over the weekend. I wasn't particularly excited about him before the season, but this is two very impressive starts in a row. And he's 15% owned, Chris Bassett. And the thing, like, Toronto's 23rd in runs scored, but they've been hitting the ball pretty well lately, and he faced them with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And the Rangers are second in, in baseball in runs scored, and that's having, they might be number one in runs per game. Uh, if they're not one, they're, they're probably two. 
So, so far, so good for Bassett. He did have a 3.02 ERA last year in only 47 and two-thirds. And he's at Pittsburgh this week. That is a really interesting one-start streamer. Chris Bassett at Pittsburgh. Let me see where Pitts. Pittsburgh is second to last in runs scored. Six more runs than the Miami Marlins in two fewer get gosh the Marlins. 28 games, 78 runs. What a matchup that is. That's why like Zach Eflin's start didn't really move the needle for me all that much yesterday. Um, or when it, it was yesterday. Yeah. Great start against the Yeah. Marlins. I mean, the same thing with Eikhoff. I think Friday. I, I'm kind of excited about the things Eikhoff's done so far, but. It's hard to get too excited about seven shutout innings against the Marlins. Agreed. So, so the pitchers I had on the, you know, maybe you want to add them list, not so much based on what he did on Friday. Um, but Tyler Skaggs is 64% owned. That just strikes me as a little low. I might be leaving him on my bench this week. I think he has Toronto in a one start week, borderline. Ronaldo Lopez, Jared Eikhoff, and Chris Bassett. Uh, so we talked about two of the four. So I guess is Skaggs be- a better ad than Ronaldo Lopez or Ikoff or Bassett? Yeah. Um, Skaggs. I would rather have you mentioned Skaggs. Yeah, I would rather have them than those. Yes. Okay. And then other one-start streamers you could consider, if that's what you're into this week. Sonny Gray is only seventy-eight percent owned. Still pitching pretty well. Decent start yesterday at St. Louis. Five innings, five strikeouts, two runs. You can live with that. But he's got the Giants this week at home. Sonny Gray, I know that's a lot of ownership, 78%. Uh, Vince Velasquez, 58% owned. He will have the Tigers at home this week. They have scored the fourth fewest runs in baseball. Um, those are the four teams, Miami, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Detroit, that I really look at. I don't know if you guys have anyone else in mind. After that, uh, the the lowest scoring teams after Miami, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Detroit are Cincinnati, San Diego, Cleveland, and Toronto. Cleveland, of course, has Lindor back. San Diego may have just lost one of their best hitters. Um, Cincinnati, we think, is better than what they've done. But Miami, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Detroit, those are the big four for me that I think if you want to stream against, those are the ones. Uh, thoughts? Agreed. I don't know about San Diego still, but I can see why you'd put them in there based on the way they performed. I mean, no, no, I I don't put them in there. You did not put them in there. uh, Miami, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Detroit. Oh, I heard the. Okay, all right, sure. Okay, great. All right, guys, let's read an email. We love this Uh. email. (laughs) Fantasy Baseball at CBSI.com. It's from Heath's Nightmare, one of our podcast leaguers. Dear Adam, Chris, Scott, and most importantly, Heath. Hubris is a funny thing, isn't it? It's one of those words you learn in high school, ride for a B-plus on an English essay, and then promptly forget. At least you forget until someone says something cocky that ends up making them look silly. On Friday's episode, Adam asked Heath what his record was in the podcast points league. Heath checked his record and said, I'm going to be 3-1. and one. As his opponent, As his opponent last week, I was like, not cool, Heath. Then that weekend, Heath coughed up a 60-point lead and looked like a big dummy. It made me feel good to see him lose after prematurely declaring victory. I couldn't describe what had happened at first, and then it hit me. Hubris. I may not win the league, Heath, but I'm going to beat you. Any any response, Larry Burr? Uh, I'm very... I'm very happy for you. I don't know what your name is because Adam didn't put it in the uh, email it was a thing, and I don't Scott. know who I lost to this week. Let's let's uh yeah, I didn't put it in the email. I should have put it in the email. Let's get his actual. Uh, was it Chris Towers? <laughs> 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 What's your stupid name in this league? Oh, don't, oh, you don't you, have to ask that. Everyone knows. Yamani yeah, Money. Oh my gosh. Okay, you lost to the Raptor Paddock, which is a team name that Scott likes quite a bit. And the Raptor Paddock is Scott Nandy. So you lost to a Scott. How about that? Congratulations. All right, we got some big news to get to, including Fernando Tatis and his hamstring injury. And, oh, another big blow for Heath. One of his favorite guys is out for more than a month. We'll tell you about the big news when we come back on Fantasy Baseball today. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. 
They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com Collaboration Tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. All right, here we go. The news. Fernando Tatis left with a hamstring injury. I don't know the severity of it, but, you know, could be an IL thing. We'll see. I'm not going to speculate. We don't know anything, right? That You don't know anything I don't know? I don't know. Anything. No, and Andy Green was saying it's hamstrings are tricky. He could feel better tomorrow. He could be out for weeks. But yeah, he looked he looked like he was in pain. It was he did the a full split stretching out for a throw at second. Uh, Eloy Jimenez is out at least a month with a high ankle sprain. That's a tough break. Uh, oh, the uh, the Angels are calling up Griffin Canning. He will make his MLB debut tomorrow. He is on the most added list. Griffin Canning, Scott, what is your level of excitement for Canning, who is now thirty two percent owned? Uh, I'm less excited than curious to see how he performs. I mean, he has a pretty good prospect. He was never one of my favorites, but, uh, anytime you're talking about that kind of potential put in a major league role, I mean, it, it's worth monitoring to see how he does. It does look like, uh, looks like they're willing to commit to him. It's not just like a spot start situation. I mean, I suppose if he's terrible, they'll reconsider, but it, it looks like he might be here for a while. Griffin Canning has Toronto tomorrow, and then next week he will have Detroit, at least one start at Detroit. So he's interesting. He is a right-hander, 32% on, as I mentioned. Would you drop Zach Eflin or Vince Velasquez for Griffin Canning? No. I wouldn't, no. Would you drop, would you rather have Eloy, oh, excuse me, Griffin Canning, reading my notes, or Pablo Lopez? I'd keep I Pablo. Mean, I, yeah. Pablo hasn't had many good starts, but I, I like some of the underlying numbers. I think I'd stick with them. Chris Bassett or Griffin Canning? I think I'd take the flyer on Canning at that point. I'm not really sure. Bassett's been great in his two starts, but I'm not really sure where the strikeouts are coming from because he hasn't shown much ability to do that in the past. Okay. Uh, so I think I'd take a flyer on Canning. Heath, Canning, or Bassett? I think I'd go Bassett. Michael Walker's coming off the IL today. He's at the Nationals and at the Cubs. Start or sit. Michael Walker, 74% owned. Sit him. Those sit matchups. Him. Okay. Kyle Freeland scheduled to come off the IL today. Start or sit. Kyle Freeland at Milwaukee, home against Arizona. Sit. I'd be more likely to start him than Walker, but it's, it's, I'd rather not. At Co- Miller and at Coors. Yeah. Cody Allen. Yeah, I just is, think he's better than Walker. Um, Cody Allen is uh, on the IL with a back injury, a lumbar spine strain. Scott, what's going on in the Angels bullpen? <laughs> I once knew a man named Lorenzo, last name Kane, like mine, only spelled differently, no <laughs> e. So I was in the supermarket looking for a certain type of bread to eat for my breakfast. I walked to the, up to the guy behind the bread counter. I asked, "What do you have for?" For breakfast, what would you recommend? He said, well, we have the biscuits, we have the bagels, we have the muffins, we have the English muffins. I told him, stop right there, I know what I want. He said, now wait a second, sir. I have something else that I baked extra special, a certain sweet bread. Uh, and he said, I, I said to him, well, wh- what's in it? How, do, how good is it? He said, well, we put it right there in the dough. We put the cinnamon, we put the sugar, we put... Some nuts, sometimes maybe a fruit, like a blueberry, cranberry, and we bake it. We pull it back out, more cinnamon and sugar on the outside. It's delicious. It's a real, it's perfect if you have a sweet tooth, a real Hansel and Gretel sort of deal. What about you, Mr. Kane? Do you have a sweet tooth? Are you a, a Hansel sort of guy? I said to him, no, sir. I prefer my bread, buttery. <laughs> But Michael Caine is wrong. It looks like uh, it looks like Hansel Robles is actually the guy. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> not yes. that buttery. Like, Great job, uh, Scott. At least based on the way they were used yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was just yesterday. But, yeah, since since Cody Allen was removed from the closer's role, uh, Ty Buttry has made two appearances and I, I think two, maybe more, but not in save situations. Uh, so that was pretty interesting. But yes, Robles is someone you could pick up. <laughs> Hansel and Robles. Is that why you did that? Hansel yeah. and Gretel for Hansel Robles? Yeah. Okay. So, so Michael Kane would clearly prefer Buttery and I would too, for what it's worth. But, um, the way they were used yesterday, uh, with Buttery pitching. <laughs> Did it end up not being a safe situation? Butchery pitched the eighth, I believe, and, and Robles was saved for the ninth. Uh, and it looks like, obviously, Allen going on the, the IL, it's going to be... There, there's more interest in this than there was over the heading into the weekend. More interest in this situation. Uh, I think in leagues where saves are scarce, you got to own both. But um, Robles looks to be in the driver's seat there. Did you write all that out and read it? You did, right? There's the I didn't write it out. No, but I, I rehearsed it a few times. <laughs> I think I, I think that Mike, I think that Lorenzo Kane sentence is like my, my calibrator for getting in the Michael Kane voice. So if ever I pull out the Michael Kane again, like it's always going to start with that sentence. Okay, Lorenzo, okay. Uh, so Giancarlo Stanton says he could rejoin the team this week, but that doesn't mean like play this week, right? Just like they were on the road and he could get on the bench. Yeah. 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 Um, but Miguel Andujar could be back this week, so that's interesting. And more Yankees injuries. DJ LeMayhew left with uh, knee inflammation, and Giovanni Urshela left after being hit by a pitch on the hand. X-rays for both players were negative, but, uh, you know, obviously nobody's starting Urshela, even though he's been hitting. But LeMayhew, that would be pretty risky. Williams Ostadio is on the I.L. with a hamstring injury. Damn it! And Chris Archer's on the I.L. with a with thumb inflammation. It has bothered him for his last two starts. And in those last two starts, nine innings, nine earned runs, and Archer's ERA has risen from two to four thirty-three. So he will take a little bit of a break. Uh, check on these injuries in this sort of day-to-day fashion. Anthony Rendon. This feels a little risky because he came back in the lineup and then he sat for two straight games after his elbow injury. So he's still dealing with the sore elbow. JD Martinez missed two straight games with back spasms. Christian Yelich left with uh, back discomfort on Sunday. Robinson Cano was hit by a pitch on the hand. Billy Hamilton sat with hamstring tightness. Mitch Hanniger left with a shoulder injury. As Drupal Cabrera's missed three in a row with a calf, a sore calf. Trey Mancini's day-to-day with a finger injury. All right, a um, little bit more on ads and drops here. We definitely have to talk about pitchers, um, including Chris Sale. He finally pitched, and we didn't lead with Chris Sale, so that's progress we're <laughs> making. Um, but he's among the... I don't know. He had a pretty good start, actually. But there were some struggling studs like uh, Miles Michaelis, Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard. So we'll get to them. Uh, I don't know that we need to talk about who we added and dropped unless you've got anything really interesting. We could just look at the most added list, which is... It was a quiet weekend for me. It was the quietest so far in terms of ad drops. I think everybody was just really into the NFL draft and Game of Thrones, and nobody paid attention to baseball this weekend. And, And Avengers. Come on. Yeah. It's a it was a trifecta of big cultural events going on. Aren't you tired yeah. of these comic book movies? Every single one is no! the same exact thing. No, it's the same thing. Oh my gosh, you sound like such an old man, Adam. Uh, well, I've been I've been an old man for many many years now. It's 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 probably the most impressive in terms of movie world building. The probably the most infest, impressive feat in history. I mean, it's hard enough to get a trilogy to connect uh, as in in a, in a way that's satisfactory, and to do this over a span of twenty two movies, make them all interconnected in a way where they're. I mean, in in terms of which ones just aren't good, it's it's probably like two or three. You know. Yeah, but they're it's, all the same. It's a really impressive achievement. I'm sorry. And they kind of, this movie kind of celebrates all of them while also bringing them all together. It was wonderful. It was okay. great. Glad you liked them. Glad you didn't have to go to the bathroom. But I only get movie reviews from Michael <laughs> Caine going forward. Carnegie Boom, number one on the most added list. Emilio, Emilio Pagan is number two on the most added list. I just feel bad, Heath, for all the Jose Alvarado owners because this raised bullpen is crazy. Pagan got the save, I think, on Saturday, um, and then, or was it Sunday? And then Diego Castillo got one uh, yep. the next day. Yeah, and Alvarado pitched, I think, in both of those games. So 
Should we be picking up Emilio Pagan? He went from 0 to 29% owned. I was going to say, and I didn't know what his ownership was, but I was going to say I think Emilio Pagan should be owned in about 30% of leagues. So I think fantasy owners, great job. That was the appropriate amount of adding Emilio Pagan. We can stop now. (laughs) He's not going to be valuable in any points league. He's not going to be valuable, I don't think, in like a a more shallow categories league. But probably most of our 12-team categories leagues, somebody is that desperate for saves, and he's probably going to help you in ratios as well. So yes. I, I think the I think the ownership needs to be a a little higher than that. It well, yeah, does... I said thirty. It's twenty nine. <laughs> One more person needs Adam. Uh, I, it might be like I don't think there's a roto league where I'd let him go unowned. I think you know maybe something shallower than twelve teams. Yeah, but, but I think fifty five percent of our leagues are points leagues. All right, so and... so how about this? Would you rather Pagan or Robles? Robles. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Robles, but I was looking at both of them. Also, in leagues where I need saves, and maybe you're about to get to this, I I was looking at Luke Jackson, because A.J. Minter is clearly not getting it done in the Braves' bullpen after a huge blown save on Saturday that raised his ERA up over nine with a whip approaching two. Uh, he, He nearly blew a save yesterday, too, and Luke Jackson had to come bail him out. I don't think... I'm I'm skeptical Luke Jackson is really closer material, but he has been one of their more reliable pitchers of late, and they don't have much else to turn to. So he's he's kind of interesting, you know, below Robles and even below Pagan. Griffin Canning, number three on the most added list. Mike Soroka, two starts this week. He's number four. Uh, Mike Zanino has been hitting well. He's number five. So I guess if you need an Astadio replacement, just, just know that Zanino is a lot better. In in uh, roto leagues because his plate discipline is so bad, but ride the hot. I do hand. think it's. I do think there's some interesting stuff going on with Zanino. I don't know that it means anything, but he is with the Rays now. It's his first year with them, and so never mind. He struck out a bunch over the weekend. He had gone like 12 games with two strikeouts. Oh really? Thought maybe he was making a little more contact, but I think he has five over the weekend. So never mind. No, oh, it's interesting. But three walks, 18 strikeouts. But okay, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, Dwight Smith is number six, Orioles outfielder. Renato Nunez is number seven, Orioles infielder. Talked about them a lot last week. And number eight is John Means, Orioles pitcher, who's relief pitcher eligible, and he's staying in the rotation. And John Means, um, you know, he's about the same ownership as Chris Bassett. And who would you guys rather have? Uh, Means so far is a 174 ERA, six walks, 23 strikeouts in 20 and two-thirds. He has made three starts out of seven appearances. I am, I am interested in Means. Uh, I didn't add, I haven't had an occasion to add him or Bassett for that matter, but Means changeup looks like it could be a really good pitch. And if a pitcher has a single pitch like that, that, you know, looks like it, it could be among the best to generate whiffs in baseball, then it, it doesn't take a big leap from there for him to just be an effective pitcher outright. Um, so I'm at least keeping an eye on him. I don't know that he deserves to be much more than 18% owned right now, but he has my attention. Yeah, I would rather have Bassett. I am interested in both. I think there's a decent chance with his stuff and the opportunity he's got that the ends justify the means. <laughs> but wait, you, but you'd rather have Bassett? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I did that, just that was uh, uh, Heath. Uh, two more guys I want to talk about here. Josh Reddick is thirty six percent owned. Only one lefty on the schedule for the Astros this week, and Eric Thames is twenty four percent owned. So Reddick and Thames available in a lo- in many leagues, seventy five percent or more, basically. Do you think now's the time to get them before it's too late, or are these just hot hand plays? I think they're just hot hand plays. All righty. Buy low or heck no with some stud pitchers. Tell me if there's anything here that's making you say, you know what, they're great, but I'm avoiding them. Uh, I don't want to buy low. Or they're not great, you know. That was a really bad way to frame it. Buy low or heck no. Chris Sale. (laughs) Chris Sale. Buy low or heck no. I'm still wondering how much you can really buy low on him. There, There's, even with his last two starts, the end result being... Very promising. There, there are still a lot of naysayers out there who maybe are having an influence on the sale owner. I just wonder if the sale owner hadn't traded before these two starts, why he would choose now to trade. And I do think things are moving in the right direction here. 
you know, three starts ago, he, he, he showed he still could pull out the velocity if he wanted to. Um, obviously there's been a lot of talk about how he's pulling it back on purpose. And yesterday start, he was getting hit hard very early, but then the pitching coach noticed something in his delivery after about the third or fourth inning. And he was terrific after that. Um, the exit velocities are still high off of him, but getting more whiffs. Like I said, he showed the velocity a few starts ago. I think he's going to be okay. So buy low if possible. Yes, I'm definitely buying low. Uh, he has fallen another spot in my rankings, but only because Clayton Kershaw moved ahead of him. <laughs> Kershaw baffles me. I, I, you know, I just have a problem where I, I, I just velocity is so important to me, and he just doesn't have it. Uh, but gosh, the results have been so good for Clayton Kershaw. And well, and I think it shows that like the Chris Sale thing, throwing slower might have worked better if he had. Clayton Kershaw's command like Kershaw doesn't have to throw hard to be an awesome pitcher he puts the baseball wherever he wants to it's true and his curveball is still like incredible getting getting whips on that pitch um Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard guys uh do you see causes for concern here uh deGrom says that he feels fine but his mechanics are off Noah Syndergaard said quote right now it just feels like I don't have trust in my slider and my curveball every time I get a new baseball out there it feels like I am holding an ice cube Every baseball I get feels as slick as can be. I have zero grip on the ball. That was Cindergard. He has one quality start in six starts. DeGrom has a 4.85 ERA and has given up 14 runs in his last 13 innings, and he's already had a DL stint. So do you want to buy low on them, or are you nervous? And look, if you can turn Caleb Smith into them, yeah, obviously. Uh, but, <laughs> okay, so, so don't take it so literally as, like, the last guy on your roster. Are you willing to give up something substantial, right. a good player, for DeGrom or Syndergaard in hopes that you're getting a great player? I, I would, in most every league I'm in, I would much rather trade a good, um, like, non-starting pitcher for a good starting pitcher just because it's it's so hard to find a good starting pitcher. And I do believe they're both still good starting pitchers. Syndergaard, as you said... Uh, has allowed four or five earned runs in every start but one. But unlike Chris Sale, the exit velocity is is very low against him. He's not getting hit hard at all. Um, and obviously the velocity's there. I, I think he's going to be fine in the long run. DeGrom, too. I mean, it seems like a mechanical thing. They say the elbow feels good. Yeah, the MRI that he finally did have confirmed that the elbow's good. And he had a couple great starts to begin the year. So I think he's going to turn things around quickly. I, I like both as buy-low options. They are both buy-low options. Um, Tindergard has fallen a little bit in my rankings. I think there's 16 deaf bases, and he's still in that tier, but he's 16th now for me. So who'd you move him behind? Um, I'd rather have Grinky. Oh, I'd rather have... Grinky, I, wow. I, I, great. I think I'd rather have like Paxton, Carrasco... Okay. All right. Uh, Corey Kluber, guys. Do you have any concerns about him? He's got a 581 ERA, 15 walks, 35 strikeouts, and 31 innings. He will face the highest scoring team in baseball this week, the Seattle Mariners. Corey Kluber. Yeah, like, I would buy low on him, on Kluber, but I was a little nervous about him going into the season. He's, he's probably fine, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if things continued down the same path in terms of where he looked like he might be regressing, I'd be more nervous, but the swinging strike rate's back up uh, uh-huh. from you know closer to where it was two years ago. So I'm not that concerned. I, I think he's going to be okay. I don't see any major red flags here for Corey Kluber. I, the only thing that concerns me a little bit is the walks because his control has always been so. He has three starts already this year with more than three walk or at least three walks in less than six innings. That doesn't sound like Corey Kluber at all. And that might prevent him from being a top ten starting pitcher. All right, so yeah, I mean, so I, I mentioned I mentioned uh, sorry I mentioned four match. elite guys: uh, Sale, Degrom, Syndergaard, and and Kluber. Who concerns you the most? Syndergaard. I would say Kluber. Okay. All right. Then I got uh, two more: Miles Michaelis and Kyle Hendricks. Uh. By low or heck no? No. I mean, that's that's obviously a lower standard to begin with. We're not talking about 
ace level talent here. Although Michaelis came pretty close last year, um, but, but I would say yeah. I would say heck no on those two. Michaelis, mm. especially the fact that he's, I mean, he dominated mostly because he kept the ball on the ground last year. The fly ball rate is way up. He's already at a half halfway to last year's home run total. We know he's not much of a bat misser. I mean, he could obviously get things back under control and be be a great ground ball pitcher again, but um, I don't think the upside is so high. And that I wasn't so confident coming in that I'm just going to assume it. The thing is, I still think I would rather have Miles Michaelis than one of the Stallions. So if you could make that type of trade, I, I still think Miles Michaelis is going to be valuable, more valuable rest of the season than Chris Paddock, especially in a points league. Um, so I, I guess I still would buy the low on him. Well, the only stallion who's going to give you who you could really sell high on right now is Caleb Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to trade Caleb Smith for Michaelis. Oh, I man. Would. You would, uh, one would, one, and we wouldn't trade Caleb Smith for Kyle Hendricks. Hendricks, I mean, then. No. I don't know if, if it's just he's done or what, but 533 RA, he does have a good strikeout rate, 24 and 25 and a third, but. And last time out, I, I don't he, he had 11 I don't strikeouts. Think he's, I just think he's like the NL version of Rick Porcello, where like it doesn't it doesn't take being off much to just have a disastrous start. Alrighty, um, we got some pitchers. Those are some bad pitchers. How about some good ones? Ones that might be better than we thought. And we'll update you on some bullpen stuff. Talk about some hitters who are double donging right now, uh, like all of the Twins. They hit. 13 home runs in three games or something like that at Baltimore. It was uh, was pretty incredible. But we're going to take one more quick break here on Fantasy Baseball today. Better than we thought when we come back. We'll be right back. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Got some pictures for you. They are doing some awesome things. Hyunjin Ryu, 10 strikeouts in 7 innings against the Pirates. He has a 296 ERA. Uh, last year he had a what, 197 ERA and more than a strikeout per <laughs> inning and a 1.01 whip. He has a 1.02 whip. I mean, is he better? Then we thought, is Shunjin Ryu just, like, awesome? It's beginning to look that way, yes. I especially like that, including this weekend start. He's ar- he's already made a couple of seven-inning starts this year, so it doesn't look like the Dodgers are babying him despite his injury history, which is a good thing. Yeah, when you've got eight starting pitchers, just let him go. <laughs> yeah. He'll go on the IL for a couple of weeks, and you'll bring one of your <laughs> other great starting pitchers up. I think one of the most interesting guys in, in fantasy baseball right now is Marcus Stroman. 86% owned, 16 swinging strikes against the A's. They don't strike out that much. And he has a 143 ERA. He's only one in three. But 36 strikeouts in 37 and two-thirds. Uh, I meant to look at the data. Is he throwing? I feel like he's throwing his slider more this year. And is Marcus Stroman becoming a pitcher that's actually going to get us strikeouts and not just be sort of a points league specialist? Is he better than we thought, Marcus Stroman? Well, I mean, if you're comparing the standard to last year, it's not surprising he's, you know, if you made last year the standard, it's not surprising he's better than we thought. But uh, he is doing some things a little differently. The ground ball rate is down. He he used to be kind of up there with Dallas Keuchel in terms of league outliers, which was the key to his success. It's still high, but it's down. Swinging strike rate is up. Yes, he is throwing his slider a lot more. 
And that trade-off seems to be going well for him. Uh, so I am, if I am a Stroman owner right now, knowing how hard it is to find that workhorse type who is reliable, a reliable workhorse, I, I think I'm just sticking with him. And is Mike Miner this good, Heath? Uh, 280 ERA, 39 strikeouts, and 40 and two-thirds. Four starts of seven or more innings. Um, and how about this? Four starts of seven or more innings and two or fewer earned runs for Mike Miner against teams that have ranked second, third, fifth, and 26th in OPS versus lefties. So three like really tough matchups based on early stats, and he's gone seven or more with two or fewer earned runs against them. Um, that's Mike Miner. Is he really this good? He's definitely had stretches where he looked almost this good in the past. I don't think he's quite this good. I wouldn't expect him to have a sub-3 ERA, but I do think that he is a must-start starting pitcher right now, and I wouldn't be that surprised if he was a must-start starting pitcher for the rest of the year. I I mean, I would have been surprised to hear someone say that a few weeks ago, you know? Like right. That's, yeah, he is better than we thought. That's I don't think he's quite this good. And uh, Domingo Armand. Yeah, this felt a lot better before the sixth inning. He had five scoreless innings um, at San Francisco and then kind of fell apart in the sixth, gave up four runs. And I do wonder if he can go deep into games. He hasn't really done that. He's only had one start with more than 89 pitches, and Domingo Roman has had a pretty easy schedule so far. He'll get Minnesota this week. But really, he's having a great year. I think he's tied for the league lead in wins, 5-1, and one, 256 ERA. Scott, yeah. Domingo Roman, is he better than we thought? He also leads the AL in whip, which is a oh. testament to the wow. fact that he throws strikes. Uh, sure, I think he's better than uh, – look, he's must-own now. And I don't know that he was getting drafted as more than a late-round flyer, and that was only towards the end of spring training when it was clear they would have enough players on the IL to to give him a spot. Uh, he has three pitches that generate swings and misses. The strikeout rate actually isn't even as high as I was hoping it would be, but he's improved enough in other ways that it's it's all come together for him. And it's 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 rare that if I'm an if I'm a Domingo Santana, if I'm a Domingo Herman owner, sorry, that I'm sitting him. All right, so guys, rank Domingo Herman, Mike Miner, and Marcus Stroman, Heath and Scott. Domingo Herman, Mike Miner, Marcus Stroman. Stroman, Miner, Herman. Yeah, um, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go minor, Stroman, Herman, but they're all like in a range of 15 pitchers. I feel like, which sounds like a lot, but in that stretch where there's so much, so much flipping around, it's it's really not. Yeah, I think I have all three of them within like nine spots in my rankings. They are pretty close, um, between 40 and 50. All right, bullpens or yeah, bullpens. Um, Anthony Swarzak blew a save on Friday. He hadn't pitched in six days. Rowena Salias got the win on Friday. He pitched two scoreless innings. They're owned in right about the same amount of leagues, right about 50%. Anthony Swarzak and Rowena Salias. Who would you rather have in the Seattle bullpen? I think Swarzak. Yeah, barely. Hector Neris has the last three saves for Philadelphia. He's 44% owned. How would you compare Neris to the Seattle guys, the Tampa Bay guys, uh, anyone else we talked, the Angels guys, anyone we've talked about today? Hector Neris. I think he's right there at the top for me. It's been surprisingly consistent how often Gabe Kapler's gone to him in the ninth inning. Encouraging, but for people looking for saves. What about David Robertson? I mean, he will be back. What about David Robertson? <laughs> yeah. Was he really being used like a closer before he went on the, lit, the injured list? No, he wasn't. So I think it's I think Neris keeps this role. Okay. For the time being, we talked about Pagan. Uh, there was a weird situation in the Cardinals bullpen yesterday. You may have noticed Jordan Hicks got one out in the eighth, and then uh, John Gant got a one out save in the ninth. It was I, I couldn't figure it out, but it's strange. It was three nothing, I think Cardinals, or it's two nothing. Hicks came in, got out of the inning. Then the Cardinals scored three more runs. And they thought, well, we could take Hicks out of the game. It's 5 nothing. They bring in a reliever who gives up two runs, and then they bring in Gant for the save. Okay, so no big deal there. Hicks has been awesome. Uh, Butchery, Hader. Josh Hader got a two-inning save. Jeremy Jeffers had a bad outing on Saturday. Hader came in and, and rescued him. But Jeremy Jeffers, that was his first appearance, allowing an earned run in five appearances. He has not been used as a closer yet. So how much longer should we hang on to Jeffers? 
He's 43% owned. Two weeks. <laughs> Very specific. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm probably not making a move for Robles or Emilio Pagan in a league where Jeremy Jeffers is available. But we'll point out Jeremy Jeffers's velocity hasn't been close to what it was last year. So that is concerning. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's going to be the same guy without it. And then one more pitcher who is owned in about the same amount of leagues as Swarzak and Neris and Rowenis Elias is Blake Parker. He got a save, his fifth save of the season on Sunday for the Twins. Taylor Rogers had the previous two saves for Minnesota. So where's Blake Parker in this mix? He's, he's right behind Neris. I think he's he's ahead of like the the Mariners duo and and anybody in the Angels bullpen ahead of Jeffress. I don't have a lot of confidence in his ability, but I think we can eliminate him from from sort of the guys who are plagued by committees right now. He doesn't seem to be. You guys were the team that dropped Taylor Rogers in the for the People League, right? Yes, yes we were. It, that was a very fun um, situation because you guys dropped him. We put in a waiver claim almost immediately. I think he got two saves while he was on waivers. <laughs> then we won him. We were very happy about it. And then immediately after he was on our roster, Blake Parker got a save. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Parker was sick for a while there. Oh, that's well right. That is right. Good call. And and Pedro Strope is 50% owned, and I think I'd rather just have him. He's the guy Yeah, for the Cubs. Uh, all right. I'm not going to say much about hitters. We'll just spend the rest on starting pitchers. I will say this, though. Heath, you talked about Brandon Lau. He did sit against some lefties this weekend, so that could be an issue. Also, it is— Yeah, I don't think he has any lefties this week, though. Oh, good. It is really weird, like, doing the show right now and going to Pedro Stope's player page and seeing a video of myself talking. It's freaking me out. News and notes. Because these videos that we do, we're doing the show on video, they get cut up into little VODs and they get put on player pages. It's really wonderful. Oh. You can watch us like oh, that. Oh, fun. Yeah. Or you can watch us. You've been us doing on... this job a long time, Adam. Certainly that's not the first time you've seen that. Well, this is the first time we had the podcast on video. That's true. The first time this sort of like, uh, you know, we got this Brady Bunch thing going on with the squares. <laughs> yeah. No, but usually the videos are just you, not me. I haven't done really video in like five years or something. No. It's true. How do I look? Uh, Brandon Morrow says he's confident he'll be back this season. So like I said, Strope's the guy right now. Brett Anderson is the first pitcher to face both Vladimir Guerrero Sr. and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Jordan Zimmerman's on the I.O. with a UCL sprain. Ryan Zimmerman's on the I.O. with plantar fasciitis. Should we add Matt Adams anywhere? Uh, I wasn't adding him anywhere, no. I mean, no. really deep league NL only, fine, but... Alex Wood had a setback. Carlos Martinez is nearing a rehab assignment. And Minnesota hit 12 home runs in three games at Baltimore. I mentioned that. I thought it was 13. It was only 12. Okay, what do we got? We got about 15 minutes left, and we got starting pitchers to talk about here. Studs being studs. Is there anything you want to say about Steven Strasburg, two good ones in a row, Clayton Kershaw, David Price, and Charlie Morton? Strasburg, Price, Kershaw, and Morton. So... There has been, there was some concern raised about price coming into the year having to do with swinging strike rate. Kershaw, obviously, we talked about the drop in swinging strike rate last year. Strasburg, his velocity's been down this year. All three of them, price, Kershaw, and Strasburg have career high swinging strike rates so far. <laughs> Strasburg was struggling. His last two starts have been against San Diego. I think both against San Diego. And as we mentioned earlier, they, San Diego has been a pretty bad offense so far so i don't know should that taint the success of steven strasburg i don't think no so. wait i was wrong I, it was san diego okay it was san diego and miami in fact his last three starts are oh. san francisco miami and san diego that's a good stretch you're gonna have those i'm not like he's in that ace tier he didn't do anything for me to fall out of it and so these are very good rewarding starts but i him and kershaw i, I just I feel very good about price. I was just wrong about at the beginning of the year, and he's moved up into my top 30 starting pitchers and might move a little higher. Okay, yeah, just sit him against the Yankees. Last year, price had a 292 against every team not named the Yankees. 
Um, and we'd like to see Morton go a little bit deeper into games. How about it? He, it, Charlie Morton has pitched seven innings once since July 1st of 2018. A couple other studs being studs. Why are they called studs? Because they're owned in more than 80% of leagues. Matt Boyd, he might just legitimately be a stud. And then Zach Eflin, uh, complete game, one run, three strikeouts against Miami. The strikeout rate way down. But Boyd, like, wow. Boyd could have been in that better than conversation. How would you compare Boyd to Stroman, Minor, or Mon? Ahead of all of them. Yep, I agree. Okay. And do you it think it's like a breakout? Do you think it's okay to drop Zach Eflin or do you want to keep him? I'd like to keep him. Uh, yeah, I'd like to, but I don't see a lot of reason for excitement. I think the the previous two starts where he struggled are closer to my expectations for him than this most recent start against Miami. Um, you know, really low swinging strike rate, velocity isn't where it was last year. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's that good. That's Eflin. Uh studs being duds, part one. Bumgarner, bad. Uh Arietta, bad. Quintana, bad. John Gray, worse. Uh, Bumgarner, Arietta, Quintana, John Gray. Heath, give me your take on these studs being duds. Well, I was pretty concerned about Bumgarner coming into the year, and even when he got off to a relatively good start, I didn't necessarily think that it was legit. I I don't know that Madison Bumgarner is a must-start starting pitcher anymore. I, the Gray thing is frustrating because he had really, really started to look a little bit more consistent at the start of this year, and then to have it go this bad in a road start, still, it's just one start. I'm probably going to stick with him. Yeah, and all four of these guys, Bumgarner, Dodgers at home, Arietta, Washington at home, Quintana, St. Louis at home, John Gray at Milwaukee. All four of them have tough matchups. How many of them would you start, Scott? Bumgarner against the Dodgers, Arietta against the Nationals, Quintana against the Cardinals, John Gray at Milwaukee. I the the one the one who I might look to sit just because I don't think he's very good is Jake Arietta. Now, if I was in a great situation pitching wise, I had a lot of alternatives. I'd consider sitting any of these four, but Arietta is the one who I really have just no confidence in him. Even though this was his first non-quality start of the season this weekend. If I had yeah, all four of these guys on my roster and I needed to start one, it would be John Gray. If I needed to start two, it would be John Gray and Madison Bumgarner. If I needed to start three, it would be Gray, Bumgarner, and Quintana. What if you needed to start four? Well, then I would probably be looking for uh, somebody on the waiver wire, or I'd start Jake Arrieta. <laughs> I think I would start uh, Vince Velasquez against Detroit over all four of them. I would over okay. Arietta for sure. I'm not sure about the rest. Studs being duds part two. Luke Weaver, bad against the Cubs. Carlos Rodon, bad against the Tigers. Not everybody's good against the Tigers. He was terrible. Oof, really bad. Joey Lucchese, he's struggling right now. No quality starts in six starts. And Kevin Gosman. Again, why oh, are these Kevin guys... Can. <laughs> why are these guys studs? <laughs> They're owned in more than 80% of leagues. But they were all... I think they were all two-star pitchers last week. Weaver, Rodon... No, not Rodon. Weaver, Rodon, um, Lucchese, and Gosman. Rodon was not a two-star pitcher. Uh, drop them? Keep them? What do you think? I think Lucchese is the one I'm most confident dropping at this point because the whole... Uh, you, he could get away with not facing a lineup a third time through, rarely going the six innings required of a quality start if the ratios were good. But three of his last four starts have been awful, and so I'm not really sure what reason there is to use him anymore. And if you can't justify using a guy ever, why do you have him on your roster? Um, the other three, Weaver, Rodon, Gosman. I'm the most skeptical of Rodon, but he had been good enough that I'll give him a pass for this one awful start and stick with him for now. The, the one I'm definitely not dropping is Luke Weaver. I'm going to try really hard not to drop Rodon. I don't care if the other two, whatever. <laughs> And now it's time for some waiver wire pitchers. Fringy starting pitchers part one. These guys are owned in 65 to 79% of leagues. 
Steven Matz, Sonny Gray, and Derek Rodriguez. Matz with an, here's what's going to happen with Steven Matz. So he, three starts ago, he didn't get out of the first inning against uh, Philadelphia. And I, he had a two-start week, and I sat him because I didn't want him to be terrible against Philadelphia again and Milwaukee. Tough matchups, going to sit him. So he had two good starts, of course. This week he's at Milwaukee. I haven't decided what I'm going to do, but I'm probably going to sit him because Milwaukee is so good at home. He's going to do really well in this start, like guaranteed. If I sit him, he's going to do well. Then I'm going to put him in my lineup the following week, and he's going to be awful. That is going to be Steven Matz. Um, I don't think we want Sonny. Oh, I don't think we want Derek Rodriguez. That's just my hunch. So between Matz and Sonny Gray, shallower leagues, who would you rather own, Matz or Gray? Gray. I think it's Gray, too. It is like... I, that Steven Matt's start was so incredibly historically bad. Yeah. But everything else has been really good. Mm-hmm. I just don't know why what's good is good. That's the main thing. Like, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't have a pitch that's getting any kind of whiffs for him. Um, you know, still hasn't used the slider that, that was made him a success early on. I, I don't know. I don't know why he's succeeding when he succeeds. So that makes me. Obviously skeptical. I, I feel like Sonny Gray, we know what makes him good when he's good. Matt's, and also he had that, that great start against the Nash, or the Phillies, whoever it was, where the strike zone was so big that Harper got ejected. I think it was the Phillies, right? And his, his neck, right? There was a start like that where we were kind of given, forget it, who cares? Fringy starting pitchers part two. <laughs> 50 to 64% own. I'm gonna tie the skags. Plus Brandon Woodruff, Trevor Richards, Aaron Sanchez, finally healthy. Two straight years where he's dealt with finger issues. Um, Matt Strom, and Kyle Gibson and Wade Miley. A big group here. Tyler Skaggs, Brandon Woodruff, Trevor Richards, Aaron Sanchez, Matt Strom, Kyle Gibson, Wade Miley. Scott, have I said any names that jump off the page at you? No, no, I don't know that any of these guys deserves to be more owned than they are. I have some interest in Skaggs, Woodruff, and um, and Trevor Richards, but I want to consider any of them must own. I actually dropped Brandon Woodruff in a league this weekend. Trevor Richards, I mean, life comes at you fast. Suddenly his numbers don't look so good anymore. Two of his last three starts have been pretty bad. Obviously, he's still interesting with that changeup, but not much of a supporting cast and... Uh, I I think if you cut him loose now, there's not going to be a lot of interest in him on the waiver wire. It, Matt Strom does not make any sense to me at all, but I do think we should probably talk a little bit more about him because he had a terrible first start, only lasted two and two-thirds innings. His last four starts since then, he has two walks in the four starts. He has a pair of quality starts in his last two. He's only given up like four earned runs in his last four starts. He's been very good. It's not quite the way that we thought he would be very good, although he did have eight strikeouts in six innings in this start. It's been Matsy. It's been Matsy. Not sure what's making him good. None. But he's been better, yeah. I, he's well, I'm not totally controls been spectacular. That's one of the things that's made him good. None of these guys have great matchups this week. Skaggs, Woodruff, Richards, Aaron Sanchez, Matt Strom, Kyle Gibson. Maybe Gibson at the Yankees. But that's what I thought about, like, Derek Rodriguez, and it didn't work out. And Wade Miley at the Angels. Wade Miley at the Angels might have the best matchup of this bunch, but he just... Yo, how about this? Wade Miley, 22 straight starts of three earned runs or fewer. He just, you know, doesn't really give you much other than that, but you need some ERA help. Wade Miley might help you there. And Fringy starting pitchers part three, 30 to 49% owned. Pablo Lopez, Reynaldo Lopez, and Jared Eikhoff. In a way, they're more interesting than a lot from the last group. All three yeah. of them. Um, I would probably rank Pablo Lopez ahead of Trevor Richards now among the Stallions. And I would take a flyer on Reynaldo Lopez while he's riding this hot streak, see where it goes over um, maybe all but Skaggs from the last group. Okay, and then Heath, uh, I know I promised you that if we didn't talk about Homer Bailey, we wouldn't talk about Lance Lynn. They're the first two guys in the deep league section. Homer Bailey at Detroit this week. (laughs) Lance Lynn, Chris Bassett, Gio Gonzalez, Tyler Malley, 
Dakota Hudson, Danny Duffy, Chase Anderson, and Anthony DiSclefani. Did I say any names other than Chris Bassett that are worth uh, looking at? No, other than Chris Bassett, I'm not interested in anyone on those lists. All right, I think we're done. See ya. Thanks, guys. Later. Bye. All right, now that's it for Fantasy Baseball today. Make sure you listen to Fantasy Football today. We're going to recap the NFL draft. It's going to be wonderful. Thanks so much for listening. We'll come back at you on Tuesday on Fantasy Baseball today with a Monday recap and your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. See you later. <laughs>